0: champions and welcome to another episode of run it back this is a podcast solely based on talking all things nfl the results the fantasy football results and we're going to have a special guest on this week lewis glover coming on from fantasy football down under now the jags are wishing they could do this on draft night and run it back so let's introduce my co-host for today and um welcome sheriff how are you champion how you been howdy i love it
1: howdy partners i'm very good thank you
0: yeah, very good, mate. And uh, it looks like our other co-host, uh, his main man, A-Rod, he did run it back from the piss-poor effort he put in week one. Welcome, Viper.
2: Yeah, hello, everybody. And I'm just so happy that uh, we didn't see another shit fest in the second game and uh, and I was going to be following a dead team all year. So pretty happy I am. Yeah,
0: I'll You'll still be all think right. You're following a dead team, but anyway. Um, <laughs>
2: well, um, Sheriff, let's
0: throw it over you, mate. Um, we've got a special guest on today. You want to do the honors? Or I'll throw the ball down to you, and uh, you want to catch it and introduce him.
1: We do, mate. I'm super excited to have this fella on the show. I, I first met him in a fantasy competition that he runs. Fantasy football, obviously. Yeah, saying. Um <laughs> it's it's called um, the FF Down Under, uh, and if you haven't uh, if you haven't come across it traditionally. Some football competitions will be named after a, they'll have a bowl name, like a Super Bowl or a Sugar Bowl yep. or the Orange Bowl, and there's a famous one overseas called the Scott Fish Bowl. Well, well, this fellow runs the fantasy football Down Under Bowl, uh, and it's a, it's a great competition, so we'll have a little bit of a chat to him about that and how he got into it. But he's also a, a sports aficionado across the board. A Unfortunately, he's, a, a, he's one of those uh, Patriots fans that we, yes. um, we, all, we all love to hate. He's a podcaster, he's into everything, he's a man of many talents and he's a a dual international or at least that's what I'm going to call him because it sounds pretty (laughs) fancy. He can explain himself when he's on but welcome to the show Lewis Glover.
3: Yeah welcome. Hey Lewis. Thanks boys. thanks boys thanks for having me on it's a it's a pleasure to be here I'm always excited to jump on podcasts especially with people I haven't been on before it's always it's always a good time so very really? excited to be
1: here. You remember this one that's for sure. Very good well I, I called you a dual international mate but yeah it's probably uh coloring it up a little bit fancy you're a a dual citizen tell us uh where you're from.
3: That's right. Originally, I'm from a town called Southport in the UK, which is not in the south. It's in the northwest. <laughs> um, and yeah, dual, dual citizen. My mum was born in Australia, so uh, fortunate to have two passports, which makes travelling. Well, it used to make travelling a whole lot easier around these yeah. times, although still, still, <laughs> still, diffi- still difficult. But yeah, fortunate enough to have citizenship to, uh, to two
1: great countries. And, and congratulations. We, we hear you uh, recently tied the knot.
3: That's, that's correct. Yeah. Um, recently tied the knot, uh, had, had a first wedding in, in Brisbane uh, with all, all my friends and family there and due to travel restrictions, no one else could travel and we'd, we'd already paid for and organised a second wedding here in, here in Hungary, which is, which is where I am at, at the moment, sort of sort of stuck out here, waiting to get back to Australia in, in, in the future when a, when a flight becomes available. So I had a second wedding <laughs> a, a few weeks back.
1: And so is that, is that because the, the lovely lady is Hungarian?
3: She is, she is, yeah. We we met a few years ago when I was living and working over here. So yeah.
1: well, well done, well congratulations from uh, the Run It Back crew. And uh, mate, what's the what's the football scene like in Hungary?
3: Uh- NFL is really, really popular. Actually, they, really? Uh, it's, it's on free. Mm. A lot of it, there's a lot of stuff on free-to-air TV. Hard Knocks is on free-to-air TV. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, it is all dubbed over in Hungarian, and I'm slowly learning. <laughs> it's, it's it's a difficult language, but you, you know, you can get, you know, you'll get your free-to-air games. They have wraparound shows. It's it's really, really popular, and their sort of domestic league, whatever it's, um, their first division is probably outside of Germany one of the most competitive. In Europe, um, so it's quite cool. It's very popular. You walk around the, sh- the the place wherever you are, and you see people wearing jerseys, NFL clobber. So it really is a, a growing in popularity here as well. And you get you get quite a few, I would say, you know, second division college dropouts or or washouts, guys yeah. who had injuries, finding their way over here, and they can, okay. you know, up until the age of about thirty five, they can play and make a, a very nice, comfortable living, getting paid. 60,000 euros a year, accommodation sorted for them, all that kind of stuff, and live very comfortably, playing a, a standard of football that they can they can do in their sleep. So it's 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 a, it's a good situation. It's a bit like the basketball.
0: Awesome. If they get injured over there in the NBA, a lot of them find themselves in the European leagues, and the same thing they make themselves
3: a pretty good uh, penny out of it too. That's right. Basketball basketball's is huge here, and in, in the town where I'm staying right now, there's a, there's a few American players on both the men's and women team.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you've half busted me there, mate, because that was a piss take. I, I did not expect that answer, but uh, <laughs> but, but su- super cool to hear. And if you if you get stuck over there, there's a there's a game uh, that'll be played in London, not too far away.
3: Yeah, I, so I didn't end up getting tickets. I might be able to get them on the secondary market, but the problem is, uh,
2: the, the,
3: yeah, on the, on the, get, get gouged on the secondary market. The the UK is still up in the air with with how easy it is to travel and not have to to quarantine and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping, right before before right. then that that get that gets ironed out and we'll be good to go because it's yeah, it would be great to get over there.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, we wanted to talk to you about your uh, your footballing escapades because you're a very knowledgeable man. And uh, um, oh. so, what got you into football to begin with? Well, let's not talk too much about the dirty pats,
3: uh, if you don't
0: mind.
1: But <laughs> talk- yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, H- how did Jesus, how did you on. get into football?
3: Well, I don't think my story is too dissimilar from a lot of people who got into it outside of outside of the US. It was simply playing Madden. On the old Xbox 360, I think it would have been. I think Madden yep. 05 or 6 was the first one I had. And I only got it because my dad used to have one, a really old, a really old version on like his, his Omega or something like that. And he's like, oh yeah, it's so much fun. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta gotta give this a crack. And I did. That's how I ended up becoming a Patriots fan as well. They were one of the better teams. They were called the New England Patriots. Yes, I was like, well, yeah. I've got to pick, I've got to pick these guys and had no idea. What, what they are about as a franchise. I'd heard the name Tom Brady before because yep. it was Tom Brady, but didn't really know the significance of it. And then I remember there used to be a show on SBS once a week, which was like a highlights roundup show of American sports. And the majority of that was was NFL during the season. And so I gravitated towards, like I knew the Patriots players from playing with them on Madden. And that's sort of how I decided to to support them. Um yep. And yeah, that's, that's how I got into football Madden more and more Then I, I found out about fantasy football, got addicted to the television show, the league, which is just incredible. Uh, played in, played in my first fantasy football league, uh, when I was, uh, traveling around America on my way down to, to go on exchange. And I, I, uh, a guy in my, in my, uh, hostel was like, Oh, you got to play fantasy football. And I did my first draft in a, in a backpackers in Chicago.
1: How good. Is. How good. <laughs> Super fun. How did you go, by the way?
3: Oh, terrible. The guy was a complete and as a maniac. He was <laughs> he was a he was a he was a bloody Green Bay Packers fan and was telling me that Donald Driver was due for a bounce back year <laughs> oh. when the bloke was about 30, 37 years old. So I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll I'll, I'll I'll listen to this guy. He must know what he's talking about. He's he's a fan of the team. I think he ended up having like thirty cat thirty catches that year or something. It was a disaster. He was a lunatic. turned turned out he was he was an ex con and allegedly reformed member of the KKK. That's a whole other story. Oh, but geez. he was uh, he, he he was a nutter who I had to get away from and uh, end up giving fake details to. Too, just, to, just to get him to leave me alone. So.
0: Well, Lewis, that, that sounds very over here, <laughs> I can tell you right now, because my first fantasy game of this year was against a dirty Packers fan too. Um, Viper, how did you go against <laughs> yeah. that one, mate? I'm
2: pretty sure I towed you up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, I, that wasn't one I enjoyed. Okay. What else are we going to talk about? Um, I've got a good idea. Why, why don't we ask Lewis uh, how he felt as a, as a Pats fan when uh, it, was, it was apparent Brady was on his way out the door? How did, how did that feel? Oh,
3: piss Look, I was living in denial right up until the point it was put on social media. I was like, they're going to work it out. It's going to be okay. And it sucked. <laughs> but, you know, all good things must come to an end. You'll experience that at the end of this season as well, Viper, with, uh, yeah. with <laughs> A.A. Ron walking out the door. So yeah. that's all right. We can. We all feel pain in our in our pursuit of supporting a,
2: a sporting franchise. Really
3: Don't worry about that. He's
0: Yeah. He's
2: <laughs> That's why I asked. That's how I can get ready for it. Yeah, that's it. as <laughs> the, the sooner you accept it, the less hurt yeah. you'll get
3: when the announcement comes. It was it was crazy. I couldn't I couldn't yeah. believe it. But what I was confident in that he was going to go and he was going to be. He was going to be great in Tampa Bay. Now, he certainly exceeded my expectations, mm. but the, I just thought there was no way the end of Tom Brady was going to be anything like his last season in New England. And if anyone with a, a bit of a discerning eye could tell, the, the team around him was set up for, for oh, failure. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it was a nightmare. With him. He takes Gronk
0: yeah. over mm. as well, and Gronk was pretty much washed up. Either, you know, injury-prone, and look at him now. He's really, you know, he's about the clock. Listen,
3: when you take a year off and to smoke a bunch of weed... <laughs> yeah, it's, you're gonna get. You're gonna get. It's gonna sort you out. It's gonna sort all your back pains out. And yeah, Gronk, Gronk is back. Yeah. Gronk, Gronk looks fantastic.
1: He does. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does.
2: He's in for a big year. Mm. He is.
1: Well, you can all go to hell because um, you will never know the pain of drafting your favorite player in all of your fantasy teams. Andrew Luck only to find out that he's retiring the next day.
3: <laughs> yes. I remember, ex- I, I'm sure you do as well, but I remember I exactly where I was because of the Twitter Me too. melt. My phone was like overheating <laughs> from all, it was insane. And I, I can't imagine what the next thing will be that melts Twitter down like that from a from a NFL perspective. But yes. Andrew Luck retiring was the one in, in recent memory where collectively everyone lost their shit. Even Tom Brady announcing he was leaving, it was kind of anticipated and predicted but the other yeah. one just just came out of came out of nowhere do you do you think there's any any hint that he comes back we saw him in his first he, appearance out of the wilderness in a football environment of, what about
1: six weeks at, ago at a, at a high school or something coaching yeah. or, or giving giving tips but no I don't think he'll come back and, and Jim Irsay, um has said as much The the Colts like organization has stayed in touch with him. Obviously, they would they would have him back as soon as they could have him back. He he ain't coming back. They they wrecked him. But there, I was I was trying to explain to to my uh, my missus the other day. There's four things that I could tell you. No, maybe five. I could tell you where I was when they happened. We had we just had nine eleven the anniversary. I know where I was when that happened. I remember Princess Di when that happened. I remember when Steve War retired. I remember when Andrew oh. Johns wrecked his neck. And I remember when Andrew Luck announced his retirement. I know exactly where I was when all those five things happened and they were all devastating.
3: He doesn't know where he was when his kids were born, but Steve wore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: was, I I was there for all those three things. So, <laughs> so all right, um, enough shenanigans. I, I really want to hear about the the FF Down underball, Bowl, mate. Um, how did it come about? What started it? What prompted the idea? What, what did you do? Obviously, you were into fantasy heavily by then because you, mm-hmm. you've you've dropped a fake number and got away from the psycho fella, but years down the track. When, when did the idea pop up?
3: Yeah. So it all started, I just, I was spending so much time doing my own research for fantasy football. Like I joined one, two, three, four, and it must've been in about 10 or 11 leagues at that point. I was spending so much time listening to, to dynasty podcasts, fantasy podcasts. I was like, let's have a go. I enjoy writing. So I was like, Oh, let's, 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 let's see what we can do here. So I just started my own WordPress created the this sound. It sounds so corny. I hate saying it, the fantasy football down under, Brands for, for one of a better word or, so- or the name. I had reached out to a few different people who were already established and kicked a few names about with them. And, and that's what we went with. I wrote a, a blog post um, on, on my WordPress and it was very sort of, it was just about my leagues and my sort of dynasty portfolio. And I sent it to Bobby Bobby Koch, who no longer writes, but he used to write for DLF. I'll always uh, appreciate him because he gave me some feedback uh, when he, when he didn't need to. He didn't know me from Adam, uh he he gave me some feedback i wrote a second article he really liked it and he's like you know you actually think you could write for a website and he put me in touch with dynasty football factory who i still write for to today and you know i was fortunate enough to 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 land a writing gig with them so that's where sort of idea of fancy football (laughs) down under came from and then i heard about scott fishbowl i was like that's really really cool let's do something in australia because i started to notice how much of an appetite there was for fantasy football in Australia. People were really getting into it, but people were still quite vanilla about it. People were just dynasty was just starting to take off different league settings, all that kind of stuff was like the Scott fish bowl is a really cool concept. Let's bring it to Australia. Mm -hmm. And in the the first year, I think it was only available to people in Australia and and New Zealand. I think we let, I think we let a couple of people across the water in Um, and it was 180 teams, so that's that's how it started off. It was nowhere near near as big as the Scott Fish Bowl, but um, I wanted to raise a little bit of money for charity because I think that's a great great component that, that Scott's always um, pushed with the FF Down Under Bowl. Uh, so I was like, you know, anyone if he can do it, why not? Of um, so yeah, that's that's how it started. And so when when was the first one? I think we're in iteration number. I think okay, four, I th- three, maybe third. Maybe this is the third year. I think I've played all of them then. Yeah, you would. It's either three or four, and that's terrible. I can't remember. One hundred eighty. No. 40. No. This is this is number three. This is number three because it went from mm-hmm. one hundred eighty teams. I don't know. It's either three or four. But we're <laughs> at, we're at like we're at, this year we're three hundred and something teams. And this year was the first. Uh, the last couple of years it's been open to anyone who wants to join, which which is great because people get to play in some leagues with people that they've they've, they've never met before. It does come yep. cause some uh issues when it comes to the time zones with slow drafting and people moaning and crying about people taking their time on the clock and so on and so forth so that'll be that 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 aside it gets more people in and this is the first year as well i decided to to do away with any prize money because previously i'd it it was a mandatory buy-in i put some money aside for a prize pool for first first place second place highest scorer, all that kind of all that kind of stuff and then i would um donate the rest to, to, to charity. This year I decided there's no mandatory entry fee. You donate what you want to. And hundred percent of proceeds went to a couple of charities.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. And so um, talk talk us through it. What's it like managing that number of teams and people wanting to to do
3: stuff? There's about a week where it's incredibly stressful and Mm -hmm. particularly because I'm not in really either time zone, either US or you know, Australian time zone at the moment, it was, it was sure. really rough. Um, and so there was about, there was about a week where my, all I was doing is fielding emails, uh, chasing up people, getting them to make picks, fixing, fixing incorrect draft picks. da da da, da. So I think next year, uh, to, to run it back again, I'll be enlisting, enlisting some help because I think I've reached my capacity with about 300 people doing it by myself, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, It's running smoothly now. People always enjoy it, and, you know, we raised
2: about four grand for charity, so in the end, it's it's absolutely worth it. It's
0: pretty
2: good, yeah. I'll I'll tell you just a little interesting take on this year's one. In my league that I'm in, I I drew number two slot, and the guy who drew number one, the, the bastard never had a pick the whole time. So he kept timing out for the ten hours. I was twenty hours between my two picks oh. all the time. And and but the fun part is I'm playing him this weekend and he's got zero points because he's out he he's not there. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
3: so
2: my God. I'm, I'm, oh, I hate when
3: people, I hate when people do that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, that that sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. That um, It ruins nah, it the experience for, for, for people in, in the league. I hate when, you know, and the annoying thing is it'll be draft day and I'll email people like, oh, you win? Like, oh, sorry, mate. I don't have the time yeah. to play in this league anymore. I'm like, yeah, you don't yeah. have the time to play in this league. <laughs> yeah. yet. I'm, sure, I'm sure you're that busy. I'm, I'm sure your life is so full that you don't have time yeah. to set a lineup once a week. And that's, that. I try, you know, the league is set up so it's as minimal effort as possible. It's a deep Mm. roster. So, wait, you don't have to be murdering, you're killing yourself to get your waiver run. Your lineups roll over week to week. You don't have to manually set them. There's no trades. It's really a, a hands off league for that reason. So, people can just, it's meant to be fun, right? It's a, it's a it's a fun yeah, yeah. format. You can try other stuff out. Anyway, it is what
2: it is. That's it, no, a great setup, and 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 I got all excited because my uh, first team topped two hundred points, and there was only a couple higher in our whole uh, in our whole franchise. So I thought, oh, fantastic! There we off go. To a flyer. But yeah. <laughs>
0: well, you know the good thing about this week, Viper. You know you got a win coming because the bloke's got no
2: team, so it may it up stuff. So, I'm going to win by 180 or so, I you're reckon. You're going to flog him. Yeah, you're for and against going go the roof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, I've noticed on um, your other ones on your website in particular, you've got an affiliation there with DraftKings. Um, talk to me about that. How you, how'd you hook that all up? And, um, I mean, I'm a big UFC fan. I noticed DraftKings are all over that as well, and they're, they're, they're all around the place these days. Um, how'd you score that one?
3: DraftKings are monstrous. I was fortunate enough; I just they have one full-time employee here in Australia, is my understanding. That's that's uh, Clint, and I just reached out to him and started a conversation with him. We we're talking about fancy football. Um, well, that's right. I reached out to him because I was actually doing a, a paper for 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 university on daily fancy sports in Australia, and I reached out to him and interviewed him, and then sort of off the back of that, we got talking and. Um, he asked because, you know, in terms of fantasy football in Australia, I've managed to accumulate one of the, the larger followings. And he asked, uh, if you, if, if I wanted to be a partner with them. So that's, that's cool. Um, the, the I, I promote DraftKings and, you know, if, if, enough people sign up, they, they send me, send me a couple of dollars.
0: Oh, nice. Everyone loves a few yeah. betting dollars.
3: Everyone loves a few betting dollars. That's it. That's it helps me offset yeah. my, my hemorrhaging fantasy football losses.
2: we've all got that how many teams have you got running live Uh, 27 this season holy holy dooly jeez Uh, which was
3: a surprise because I thought it was definitely going to be over 30 so that was quite a nice surprise to come in under 30 (laughs) and um, not all of them are money leagues you know there's a few charity ones in there and and such I'd probably say there's about 20 which I'm deadly sort of focused on and the other seven are are more fun (laughs) leagues
0: So give us a few tips. Like for me, I've only just started playing fantasy NFL for the last couple of years. For, for a first guy starting out in a fantasy league, what give us some tips. Who should you be looking at? What sort of players would you really sort of try to build your team around first up?
3: I'm very much a robust RB drafter. Um, it can hurt you because running backs get Get injured more often, but I, I truly yeah. believe in se- in season long leagues where you're managing your roster, starting off running back, running back, or even running back tight end if that's Travis Kelsey or tight end running back. You want to get a good foundation with with two running backs. Yeah. I think this season has shown yet again that fading quarterback is an, is a an essential part of fantasy football success. The replace yeah. the replaceability of the position, you know, out you know, talking in, in single quarterback leagues, you're you're a fool if you're paying up for. For a quarterback, because we've seen Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, mm. all of these guys put up big numbers. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott and Josh Allen have had a quieter start to the season. Now, that doesn't mean that come the end of the season they're not going to be top five, top eight quarterbacks. That's fine, but the opportunity cost that you have in drafting them over a you know a top a top thirty wide receiver is is is, is massively uh, detrimental to you, to your roster. I think so. Mm. Draft drafting running backs early, dra- drafting running backs early, uh, wait waiting on quarterback, uh, use only picking kickers and defenses with your last two picks, uh, if if even drafting them at all, if, if your league doesn't require them to. They're probably like the three, the three um fundamental things. And then the last one is just is just patience. if, if don't don't pay attention to box scores early on, you want to look at Players' usage and involvement, their snap count, their route participation, um, all of all of that so- sort of stuff, and use that to your advantage. If someone's scared about Zeke Elliott in the first couple of weeks, go and go, mm-hmm. go and try go and try and buy buy low on him. That's that's probably the the, the, the few uh, I beginner be a tips guy. I have. Oh, I don't. I don't think he's going to be like a top, necessarily a top five running back, but he's going to get enough usage. Pollard's clearly siphoning work off in the passing game, but but Zeke's going to have enough games. That offense is going to be better and better, and he's going to have enough touchdown opportunities, goal line carries where he's he's going to be just fine. I think. Okay. Okay, we're
1: going to hang on to him then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shipped him off in our home league, Hogs. If we if we consider that a home league, but uh, <laughs> I, had, I I had different reasons for that. And uh, so, may talk to us about your your podcasting escapades. Um, you know, you, you've got the the brand the Vault there, and uh, and you you podcast about football. You podcast about some other things. H- how did you get into that?
3: Yeah, so the Vault Studio podcast uh, sort of group or network they've been around for a while. They were set up by James Arthur. He's down in in Melbourne, mm-hmm. uh, and he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do a fantasy football podcast. Uh, which, was, which was great because I was, I was considering doing one at the time. So it sort of, sort of worked really well. Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be a multi-sports group, and the, the NFL podcast was the one that was doing all the numbers for them. So they decided to cut everything else away and just focus and become a, a, an, an NFL-dedicated podcast network. And we've got a bunch of shows in that network now. So we, now we, so we have the fantasy football show that myself and Corey do. Uh, we do that once a week on Wednesdays or Thursdays. We've got the original NFL show, which JA, DJ, and Richie do, and then we've got the college football down under boys, uh, who were their own standalone podcast for the pre- previous uh, few years, uh, Will and Aaron, and then we brought them into the into the network as well. So they're just doing their same old show, and they they love their college football. So if you're into that, they do a couple of shows a week, and they they're good value. They know their stuff. They're really they're really really into college football. So that's always. Uh, that's always a good listen and then there's some live streams and stuff so we do a lot of content at the vault studio we we love doing it we've got a patreon up. it's just it's just a lot of fun good bunch of blokes all who, who are passionate about nfl and american football getting together to mm-hmm. talk about it from from different perspectives and then uh, I've, I've also uh in in the last couple of months started uh, an mma podcast called the punch drunk podcast with my my friend adam who works for for yahoo sports down in down in sydney and you know we're just a couple of goofballs who don't profess to be experts in the sport. We just love it. We love watching it. Know. So we, we record preview shows, review shows, history podcasts, where we dive into the, into the entire career of, of a specific fighter. Uh, we love it. It's a, it's a, it's a whole lot of fun. And we just, we just, we just goof off and, and talk shit with one another.
1: Know, Perfect. Dude, that's exactly, that's exactly why we had you here, that you're a bit of a <laughs> champion.
0: Yeah, we heard That's a rumor. There's a new one. you're stable there. The Armchair Champions run it back and flick the switch. Podcast shows. Look, looking forward to it. It's going to be great working with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> settle down. Settle down. Well, should we should we kick into? Uh, we, we've given some plugs. We've heard about your background. Should we kick into a little bit of football talk? Let's do it. What, um, yeah. mate? What what game tickled you this week? What what really caught your attention? And give us a couple of hot takeaways.
3: Patriots. There on. was a couple. There was a couple we we can dive into. Both of them were both of them were were, were high scoring games. And the first one was the the Seahawks Titans game. Oh, I thought that was yeah. a, mm. that was a, a bomb burner of a game, and it was great to see the Titans get back on track offensively after their woeful. Week one, yep. they, they, mm-hmm. they they took a huge step forward. So if I happen to be an Indianapolis Colts fan, I'd be pretty concerned going into going into <laughs> week three. It's not that I am. I'm it, the uh, only
1: one who's tipped them. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned for, for different reasons, but I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> but you know, on the on the flips on the flip side their
3: secondary is absolutely trash so even a hobbled Carson Wentz should be able to score some sc- score some <laughs> points on on the Titans they can't get any any uh, pressure the offensive line is going to have a day should keep Carson Wentz up, upright if he can stay in the pocket and that yeah, secondary that's is, that's is 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 absolute, absolutely absolutely burnt toast but going back to the Seahawks game did one of the most beautiful things in football, one of the most underrated connections in football, and every year everyone underrates him in fantasy, is the Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett connection. Uh, Watching them yes. two on the same page is just—it's yep. just magical. Uh, for yep. the life of me, I don't understand why people were drafting DK Metcalf—you um, know—at his ADP versus Tyler Lockett at his. I know we're only two games into the season, maybe a little bit early for a victory lap, but it's certainly been uh, good days for for Tyler Lockett. I think Meccos sure. is going to be going to be absolutely fine. He's a, he's a great player, Hope but so, that, that play is a, that time. is a fun connection. That's a that is a a fun fun connection to watch. They're just on the same page. Tyler Lockett's ability to to, to find himself wide open from his from his route running is just second to none. And, and Russell Wilson's rainbow to him is always always pretty to watch. Uh,
1: so that, Viper's that, that a-, a Viper Viper's a big Russell Wilson fan, and and I was listening to another podcast on um, on the Radio Underworld. Network this morning. It's called Clear, Clear the Cash. So give Nate uh, a shout out for for Clear the Cash. But that, that's a, uh, a a sports collectors cards um, mm-hmm. show. But but they were talking about buying up Russell Wilson, and and statistically, it looks like he might go past Peyton Manning if he plays long enough. That is, yeah. In, in a in a lot of categories, and so like Russell's hallmark is he's just so efficient.
3: He's absurdly efficient and he's been held back for years by the, the the Seattle play calling this year. It started to to look a little bit better, but he is when it's all said and done, he'll be a, you know, first round uh, lock for the, for the hall of fame, first ballot, first ballot lock. He truly is a a sensational player. He could, even if he didn't have the legs, his arm talent is, is phenomenal, but then he can, you know, get those out of, out of structure plays and what he can manufacture it's just it's just uh, breath breathtaking at times. Um, well, but that that uh, that's a, um, a a good uh, throwback there for 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 Nate from from that podcast. You know he's a he's a big cricket guy. Is he really? I I, I just just remember we've had we've had some long DMs about. It. He saw it on TV. I think it was during. Um, I can't remember he was trying to gamble on cricket or something like that and he, he messaged me and we've had some some long back and forth talking about cricket which is just completely completely random but he but he really got into cricket so I thought that was uh, that was quite fun
1: that's amazing that's amazing well back back to this game though yes um, Ryan Tannehill i um, I'm surprised. Like no TDs in this game, where, where they still get over Seattle. It was all Derrick Henry. N- nothing through the air. I mean, he still he threw for three forty-seven.
3: Um, he had one completely stolen off him, jobbed by the, the by the zebras on the on the Julio Jones touchdown, which was you know it happens. But I don't know how, when you review to that detail, that they could come up with a way to to overturn the on-call uh, on-field call of a touchdown. It is, yep. it is what it is. So that would have been a better day for, for Ryan Tannehill. The thing I was most encouraged by, though, um, since he joined or became the starter for Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. had been one of the best, if not the best, play-action passer of the football. Sure. And, in week, and, and and last year, I think he threw uh, play-action on 36% of his dropbacks. And in week one, it was like 11%. And it was like, oh, this this is not good. It didn't, didn't, but they went, they they got back to that. They went back to the play action. They got over the 30% mark. So hopefully uh, that that's going to be something that's involved in the game plan moving forward. And also, A.J. Brown had a bad game. Like he just he had a, he had a case of the drops. He uh, yep. he tweeted he tweeted out afterwards that one of his family members texted him and said he couldn't have caught COVID that day, which I thought was, <laughs> which I thought which I thought was quite quite funny. He's a great <laughs> follower on Twitter. He can be very self deprecating. He doesn't take himself seriously. But I think better days are, are ahead for him. And once, sure. once him and H- H- Julio Jones took a huge step forward in that offense, and once both of them are firing, I think this mm. offense is going to look very very good with track to Cito, Uh, You know. Carrying the load in the backfield as well.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I did predict at the start of uh, in our first podcast before week one that you know the um, the AFC South is is really Tennessee's division to lose. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll watch and see. I, I hope I'm wrong, but for, for my own sake. But uh, is there another game that caught your eye for either good or bad this week? Um,
3: oh, I mean, we could go with bad. The, the, the other good one I will mention because I think he's appointment viewing for television is Kyler Murray, the, the Cardinals and the Vikings. That was a great game. Vikings yet again having their heart ripped out by a kicker. Yeah, death yep. taxes and Vikings kickers costing them costing them games. There are a few, <laughs> very few certainties in life, but those those are three of them. The yeah, Kyle, the Cardinals offense is is going to be. Great this year, Kyler Murray it's gets ins- out. Of, gets insane. he gets put in positions that no one should be able to get out of. I would yep. say his ability to make certain throws is probably second only to Patrick Mahomes, and he makes plays that literally nobody else in the NFL can make because of how electric he is with his feet. Even yep. Josh Allen's got a bigger arm than him, can force throws into a tighter window, but he doesn't. He's a mobile guy, but he's nowhere near as agile and as elusive as Kyler Murray is. Some of the plays mm-hmm. he can make are just just ridiculous. And the Backed Vikings did a good too. I love it. He does. He does. He does always like himself. And he'll take a sack and be like, okay, get up and, and go, again. go again. He doesn't yeah. let the, the previous plays affect him. It's 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 really good to see. Um, so that was that was an exciting game. Kirk Cousins again continues to be such an underrated quarterback. Vikings, oh. Vikings fans, I promise you, you do not want to get rid of Kirk Cousins because your team would be significantly worse. Be be, be happy be happy with what you've got. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And yeah. and the the game that was disappointing. That really didn't fire. That I'm sure everyone was hoping to, in the way that it did, was the
1: Chargers Cowboys game. Oh. Yes, yeah. And well, like I've got big wraps on the Chargers. They're they're great on both sides of the ball, and mm-hmm. and they just they they haven't quite found their click just yet. But I, I still hold hope. And Justin Herbert was great last year. I mean, Eckler's playing injured. There, there, there's plenty to to get back on track for them.
3: One hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. There was a lot of penalties in that game. It was ticky-tacky. It just it didn't really fire off the way we we were hoping, the way Vegas predicted with the points. So, I think
2: yeah. better days ahead for for both of these offenses. Yeah. What, what's your take, Lewis, on um, Lamar Jackson? Good or bad? How do you how do you, I, how do you rank him? You understand? I think Lamar Jackson is fantastic. Uh,
3: he <laughs> is so unique that is he the best passer of the football. No, but I also think his limitations, let's call them, are, are massively overstated. He does what his, his team needs him to do. You don't win the MVP throwing thirty five touchdowns if you're a bad passer of the football. And I think we've mm. seen him. We've seen him improve his throwing. Is there room for more improvement? Absolutely. But the offense is set up in such a way that makes him almost impossible defend to defend when he's when he's um, when he's playing well. And finally, he's got a semi-decent receiving core. Marquise Brown is healthy and being starting mm-hmm. to be used in a way that's effective. Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. is is being able to stay healthy and is a is a competent professional NFL wide receiver. They still haven't had Rashad Bateman yet. Mark Andrews is playing so so.
1: Well, Lewis, you're just talking about Lamar and uh, and I think you're coming at it from a bit of a fantasy perspective because uh, like watching him play football, he, he's very well in the NRL world, we call rocks and diamonds. A little bit like, um, say, a Blake Ferguson. But, you know, he does flashy things. He can carry that whole team on his shoulders and he can also lose you a game. And he's done it already. He's done both of those things this season. Like, what what do you think about a a guy like that? He's so enigmatic and and he can turn a game on its head. Does he need to learn to rein it in a little bit? You know, rushing with the ball and ending up upside down, you know, putting your neck at risk and what what... Ravens fan wants to see that.
3: I think Ravens fans who like exciting football want, want to see that. I think the problem, <laughs> and like
1: <laughs> the NFL is fans so, who like roller coasters want to see that. Yeah. I mean,
3: <laughs> that that win against the Chiefs speaks for itself. And yep. the reality yep. is, going deep into the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl is probably one of the hardest things to do in sports. You need so many things to go right for you. Uh, yep. And, you know, as I was saying before, Lamar has gone well with this team in spite of the lack of offensive weapons that he's had at his disposal. And so he is forced to do more and more by himself as they build up this team around him. I think he will have, have to do less, but football is such a small sample size. I think Mm. cutting it down to single plays at a time is probably doing it a bit of a disservice. And when you look at his body of work through it, through his starts, I think he's been, I think he's been a well, well above average quarterback. The Ravens have been one of the better offenses and I think that just comes with it, right? He will yeah. fumble the ball. He will f- fumble the ball at times. You just yeah. have to hope that that doesn't come at one of the most costly, costly phases of the game or in the playoffs. But I think you, when you have that level of success, it's just something that you've you've got to to live and die by. You
1: know, take not the good with the bad. It's not that yeah.
0: stupid either because he actually does his own contracts. He doesn't have a manager. He does them himself.
3: Oh yeah, Lamars Lamars a uh, he's he's a, he's a he's a smart bloke. He knows what's yeah. up. Exactly. Except when he's out trying to uh, play flag football on on hard concrete,
0: <laughs> yeah. just before the season
3: starts, <laughs> or like Juju Smith used to doing the milk crate challenge. What Go are you on. blokes doing? Oh come on, flips after yeah. yeah. a touchdown and he lands on his neck. Yeah, yeah, that that not a good. Look. I mean, it looked cool, but
0: come on. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, no, see, that's are... another another Blake Ferguson comparison. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, so, Lois, tell us. Um, just briefly uh what are you uh, what are you looking forward to and excited about in uh, in round 3
3: oh that's i mean the the game of the week is going to be the LA Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers yep. that's going to be a hell of a game cuz it's going to be the first tough defense that the that the Tampa Bay offense has faced. And it looks like they're going to be without Antonio Brown as well. He's been put oh, on the really? COVID list. Oh, yeah. Um, he's he's vaccinated, but he's tested positive for COVID. But he he might, if he's able to return a negative test quickly, he might make it back. Uh, be but but, but, uh, but, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, big weeks for Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin likely ahead, and you know if you're getting real desperate, maybe a little, uh, maybe a little Scotty Miller time, something like that. Ooh. But that that that's a uh, that's a game that I'm 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 really looking forward to. Uh, Chief Chargers could be a hell of a game. And the reason why I'm excited about that is in the offseason, their new head coach, Brandon Staley, said that they're chasing the Chiefs and they know that to be successful in this division, they're going to need to score points. So I'm anticipating an aggressive play-calling game from them. This is a game that I'll be heavily targeting in, in, in DFS, for example. And I think that the Chargers are going to be aggressive on fourth down. They're going to be going for it a lot. And I'm excited to see what they can do uh, on an offensive basis, they're going to be able to score points against the Chiefs because the Chiefs' defense absolutely stinks. They've given up—they've mm. given up touchdowns on 100% of their red red zone defensive plays uh, this, this year, eight, eight for eight. They're, 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 they're garbage. The Chiefs' defense is trash. So the Chargers hot are going to be trash. able to score points and hot trash. But Patrick Mahomes hides a multitude of sins. He is the ultimate eraser. He is the ultimate leveler. <laughs> And if he's, if he's going hot, there's nothing that the Chargers defense will be able to do to slow him down. So this could be, uh, you know, a, a properly legendary shootout between, between these two teams. Can't wait. Now, Lewis, we put it out there on
0: social media that you were coming on the podcast. And so we got a few uh-huh. questions that came in from the, <laughs> uh, the fans of the show. Now, two Uh-oh. of the questions were the same, and I thought it was a bit <laughs> uncanny and a bit ironic. Now, one was from Zach Taylor and one was from an Urban Meyer. And it simply says, um, can you please help me draft a quarterback? Because the ones we got are dotted. Um, oh. Who do we draft that can score points?
3: Um, I don't think the problem lies with the quarterbacks at all. <laughs> I think it lies with the donkey organizations around them around that them, aren't yeah. giving the quarterback that they help they need. Uh, one of those would be actually drafting, uh, drafting, hiring Urban Meyer, which was a horrible decision when you're asking Urban yes. 50-odd-year-old 50, 50 bloke who's never coached in the NFL who thinks that motivating players by yelling hydration at them and yelling at them through a mega, <laughs> through a megaphone is going to encourage professional millionaires to, to put a bit of pep in their step. Yeah. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be absolutely fine, but the Jaguars need to get him an offensive line. They need to get him some weapons. Drafting Travis Etienne, and this is not me, uh, Monday morning quarterbacking because he got hurt. Drafting Travis Etienne was one of the biggest donkey picks you could imagine, and it was just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, confirmed, confirmed exactly what I suspected Urban Meyer was going to be like. So huge cock up there from, yeah. from 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 the Jags. Should have been investing in the offensive line. The Bengals again, Jamar Chase, a wonderful talent, but their their offensive line is is really struggling. And Joey B, uh, Joey B is is need some time back there i would have hoped that they would have poured some more resources their offensive line in terms of a coach i don't think that zach taylor's necessarily all that i know he you know he wiped sean McVay's ass for a quick minute there and all of a sudden he was a, a hot coaching hot coaching commodity oh. uh, but yeah i think the quarterbacks could be okay but more and more teams need to put their quarterbacks in the position to exceed to succeed and as a patriots fan it hurts me to say but the recent gold standard example of this and a franchise that's being run incredibly well and doing everything they can to support their quarterback is the Buffalo Bills. And everything that they've done Mm -hmm. is just A-plus material. They went out and got him Stephon Diggs. They got him Cole Beasley. They got him Emmanuel Sanders. They invested Mm -hmm. heavily into the offensive line. They've been aggressive in their play calling on early downs. And just everything that you would hope to see Josh Allen succeed, they've, they've done that. And so... I, I I can do nothing but give 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 them wraps. The Jaguars should be looking at that model and be Okay, that's what we need to do. And hiring mm-hmm. Urban Meyer was a huge step back in that pursuit, which is which mm-hmm. is a shame for Trevor Lawrence.
0: Now, before you uh, throw it back off over the sheriff and uh, round it up, mate. You mentioned UFC. Now I'm a massive UFC lover myself. We have got the big UFC 266 on uh, wow. this weekend, and it's going to be an absolute cracker. Who wins?
3: Look, I think Volk can get it done. Yep. I think Volkanovski can get it done over Ortega. Uh, who is a completely different fighter than the one who Max Holloway demolished three years ago? Yeah. But the reason why I think he can get it done is he can his pressure and his in-your-face style and his accumulating strikes can get can get Ortega going backwards, which makes it a lot more difficult for him to. Use that striking game that he's developed. And I think there's a whole, there's a vastly different level of skill set between a top, between a a very good striker who can come forward and put shots together versus a striker who can go backwards and be dangerous uh, as a counter striker. And Mm -hmm. I've yet to see that from Ortega. I don't want to assume that he's. All of a sudden, develop that, and I think Volkanovski can do that. And his wrestling is good enough, and his 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 uh, body size and his low center of mass is good enough to be able to keep the fight standing. And I think he wins this fight by, by by decision. And Valentina Shevchenko just murders Lauren Murphy oh, inside on. inside one round. Like yeah. it's not even a fight.
0: Well, there's no competition in the ladies, really. What really needs to happen is they need to work out a weight class for Nunes to go up against Shevchenko. That just needs to happen. They, they do want to fight. Each other, yeah, it's just a weird. way. Yeah, they both different ways. But
3: yeah, they need to do a maybe do a catchweight catchweight bout or something like that. A special, like that, just yeah. a special bite bout where neither of their belts are on the line, but just for purely to for for, for them to test themselves, oh, and then they yeah, can go back to out. cleaning out their respective. Oh, of course, Reach, go back to their the respective scorecard. divisions. They're two greatest female fighters of all time fighting against one another. That will be an absolute electric yeah. fight if we see if we see that rematch.
0: Yeah, and did you see the footage today of uh, Nick Diaz uh, swinging handbags um, in his UFC promo before the fight? Jesus, like, look
3: looking yeah, old. I think he gets him. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm Nick. not. Put, I'm not putting a. Whole, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that. It kind of feels like Nick Diaz is like, oh for fuck's sake, I've got to do this media nonsense, yeah, which we like know it. he hates. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't look like the trimmest, and ah. that, that's con- that's concerning. Now, and obviously they've asked though for him to to. Um, have they've asked and accepted to have this fight at one eighty five. Okay. So I'm just thinking that he doesn't want to go through a severe weight cut. He's he's probably got a couple more pounds to lose and he might look a bit trimmer come come way in time. I'm still riding with Nick Diaz only because I think Robbie Lawler's chin is completely gone. But it yeah. wouldn't surprise me either with all of that time out of the ring to see Robbie Lawler win. And at the end yeah. of the day, I said this on the preview podcast we recorded uh, yesterday for UFC 266, that I don't care who wins. These are both legends of the fight game. I'm That's just looking forward thought. to seeing them get in there and just just have a great fight. I think, you know, I will, I will plug that episode because... Um we had uh, Christopher Reeve, who's a Kiwi uh, sports journalist for the New Zealand Herald on there. And uh, he he was great. He has a lot of access to the city kickboxing guys, has good working yeah. relationships with them, and he talked about uh, the Dan Hooker situation, a bit of Israel LSR in your chat as well. So that was really interesting to hear that from someone who has a, yeah,
2: a very close listen.
3: professional relationship with them.
0: I like Dan Hooker,
3: so I have listened to that. Yeah.
2: Hey, just just before just before we wind up, Lewis. Um any chance that you uh, you might be interested in a couple of third or fourth round picks for Melvin Gordon? Oh, get out of
3: it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, what, which one, you know?
3: In, in, the, in the Hogs League, I could, you know, I, I might be interested in a couple of third round picks and maybe a, a flyer, flyer position player, but I'm, I'd be willing to move, move Melton Gordon. I'm in full teardown rebuild, re, rebuild mode. I accepted to take over that orphan team because I trusted Lucas. Yeah. I hope he's listening to this. I trusted Lucas and left me the biggest load of donkey shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is a t- oh, no. horrible, horrible roster. So I'm trying to rebuild it. So I'm taking picks.
2: You should he have does got that. there when I got there. <laughs> I got one worse than yours. <laughs> I managed to win the toilet bowl with it last year. No, no well done. See, this is why call him
0: Viper. See him striking now? He's starting to strike. I just thought I'd
2: get yeah. one, one strike in before we go.
1: <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the teaser. We're, we're all throwing wild left hooks at you, mate. But, um, Lewis, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we we love having you on Run It Back. And, uh, mate, you're a you're a wealth of knowledge and uh and we hope we can have you on again sometime so mate cheers for, great... uh, cheers for your time
3: yeah i had a great time boys i'd, I'd love to come back on, on on the running back show this has been awesome anytime i get the chance to talk talk nfl fantasy with with people that are equally as, as passionate it's, it's an absolute pleasure so thank you very much for having me on
0: All right, guys, let's run it back from week two. Some of the results, some of the highs, some of the lows. Let's kick it off with you, Sheriff. Uh, What was one of your highs or lows?
1: Well, I I really enjoyed um, it. It looked like a bad game because Buffalo absolutely trashed Miami. (laughs) Yes, they did. (laughs) But a shutout like that, 35 zip, Buffalo disappointed week one. That's a bit harsh, saying they disappointed. They lost to the Steelers, which we didn't anticipate would happen, but – um, two great defences went up against each other and it was a stodgy game. And And Buffalo didn't get the big keys. Um, Buffalo bounced back. Buffalo did what we thought Buffalo would do. The great thing about this game, it's a really good sign for their defence because they they shut Miami out. Um, now, albeit Tua got injured early in the game uh, and so they, they were using their backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Uh, but Brissett's one of the best Backup quarterbacks, if not the best backup quarterback in the league, so uh, he was ready to go.
0: Is there spare and ribs still... in I heard about too? he's he's fucked. His ribs are gone. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. Look, they they did some that damage. I think pork ribs. Hmm. <laughs> Well, they're they're uh, they're definitely spare ribs, or he needs <laughs> yeah, some spare ribs. Sure. <laughs> but look, the I think the best takeaway from this is Buffalo's defense is as solid as we thought it was. Yep. Um, Josh Allen. Still did not have a great game. Um, so only only two touchdowns thrown, um, and he still threw an intercept. Yep. Not many yards through the air, so they still ran their their offense um, mostly through their running backs. Week one was a, a little bit weird. Zach Moss, who everybody expected would potentially share equally time in the backfield with Devin Singletary. Um, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch week one. Yep. So fantasy gamers everywhere were really disappointed, but Zach Moss... Um, Vulture, two touchdowns uh, in week two. And Devin Singletary had a good game as well, made plenty of yards on the ground, also scored, and, and two touchdowns through the air for Josh Allen. So I think it's a good sign. We've seen Josh Allen can do the job and Josh Allen can get get it done. He, he's as good as we think he is, but they don't need him. They don't rely on him. They can do it with their defense. They can ground and pound. They okay. can switch it on and, and and play through the air. So, I think Buffalo just showed us what we can take away from this. Is they're they're really well poised to do everything that we we thought they would do this season. So,
0: mm, all right. Well, let's throw it over to you, Viper. Um, your packers. What a good turnaround after last week's debacle. Uh, you got to be happy with that.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, I, I said last week this week was going to tell us uh, if if A-Rod was uh, jerking us around for the season or uh, whether that was just an aberration last week and we can still expect big things. And I'm pretty happy. I think we can still expect big things. So When you look at um, the Lions, I think we all thought the Packers would, if they were on their game, would run over the top of the Lions and just trash them. Yep. And – the big takeaway from for me from this game, apart from being happy that uh, a Rods he, he's there for the year and we're going to have a good one, is I think that uh, what we saw from the Lions was pretty impressive. You know, like they've got uh, some good pieces in the uh, in the team uh, on both sides of the ball. They've got a lot of draft capital coming up for next year. Yep, and uh, and a new coach who uh, it looks like he's 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 made a really good impact in the dressing room because uh, yeah that team the game was over in the fourth quarter and uh, they didn't lay down and die and let the Packers run right over the top of them they they kept to playing to the end of the game yeah and uh, yep. that's part of the culture he's trying to breed is forget the scoreboard play the game until the, 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 its game is over and. Uh, if you're a Lions fan, you, you might not be going to have you know a, a super great year this year, but I think you're going to like what's going to happen, and you'll be really looking forward to seeing what happens next year.
0: Well, they started pretty well; like they had the lead, and you know, like we thought, "Oh shit, he get Green Bay again; they're going to get flogged." And then you know, Arod turned it on. But the one yeah. take I, I got away from that game is. Um, Goff, he, he needs to spend more time in the shower, mate, because he's not very good handling soapy or slippery balls. Yeah.
2: Uh, slippery balls, yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, I, he, he made a meal of a couple, didn't he? But yeah. but I, I guess the other good takeaway too from that game was um Aaron Jones, you know, like the yes. four touchdowns. Four touchdowns, yeah. And they, he he, bet, he only played a few minutes in the fourth quarter. You know, they, uh, they gave A.J. Dillon most of the fourth quarter. I didn't like it, mate. Um, I had a multi for yeah.
0: Adams. All I needed was Adams. I had the rest of him. I had Jones. Yeah. I had the rest. I just needed Adams to get that touchdown, and they couldn't help a brother out. He,
2: he, they, well, I, yeah, Aaron Jones was, was doing it all, so. Yeah.
0: He, it he, got, impressive. he
1: got shut down in week one. Aaron Jones was mm. a massive letdown week one, so yeah. he made up for it in spades this week. He did, yeah. He absolutely slayed, and, you know, the, the partner, Passing touchdowns too, which is that's what you're yeah, saying. Three out of sorry, the four, receiving yeah. Yeah. receiving
2: touchdowns. Receiving,
1: but the, yeah. the one that he scored the one that he scored on the ground was he was a monster.
2: Yeah. So yeah he was a um, cranking good one. Yeah. He he's back. He's back. Yeah, he's
0: back. Bad oh, yeah, and they were yeah. playing for his dad too. Like he came out afterwards. His dad died um due to corona and all that sort of thing. So he said this season I'm gonna dedicate that to my dad.
1: I felt I felt, a, I felt a little bit sorry for Jordan Love. Um, he, he came out, they trotted him out at the end of the game and uh, and yep. he took I think it was either three uh, must have been three knees because he ended the the game with yeah. uh, <laughs> three three <laughs> snaps and minus three yards. <laughs> so <laughs> no, they're just teaching like him a, a little vanity. bit at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I but but a lot of teams were doing this, you know, the the backup or the the rookie quarterback was given a little bit of time at the end of the game to come out and, you know, get a get a feel for the game, son. But yeah, yep. what, what sort of feel for the game are you getting coming out and taking three knees for minus, minus a yard?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, it's possibly part of uh, A-Rod's teaching <coughs> process. Well, thank you, Linesmen. Thank you, Ball Boys. Thank you,
1: Champions. And thank you very much to our special guest today, Lewis Glover. Pleasure having you on, mate great hearing those insights and uh, we've got another special guest joining us next week so stay tuned champions otherwise enjoy your football and as always keep your balls between the lines thank you champions
2: bye everybody